Welcome to the podcast. It's your boy, Bailey. We're going to talk about some deep doo-doo with the UN and how it's not working like it should. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a term that has been thrown around like it means something in this world and i'm gonna break it down and we're gonna look at it from a kind of a pragmatical view if you know what i'm saying um i'm just gonna get right into it uh this episode is the joke of international law now most countries in the modern age have their own set of laws. This has been the case for all of history. They establish rules to keep their societies intact. Now, as the world was globalizing and the world shares an economy, countries have now set up, since after World War II, an international system of law while this is a great concept it is not as efficient as it could be and we can see this in many examples that throughout history um, that show us that it's really not doing as much as it should now um, I'm going to get into this and it's really easy to understand it's just not talked about the United Nations formed on the heels of World War Two was supposed to curve future catastrophe, curve a future war of the world, and prevent holocausts or genocides and balance a new sort of wanted global peace, quote-unquote, global peace. And it's taken directly from the website. This is what they say. Peace and security, climate change, sustainable development, human rights, disarmament, terrorism, humanitarian and health emergencies, gender equality, governance, food production, and more. So that idea is a very good idea. I am am 100% on board with promoting that stuff. 193 um, countries are currently in members of the UN. Out of the 195 in the world, that's a really good accomplishment. You have basically everyone on board. You even have, like, North Korea and Venezuela and Myanmar on there, which is weird, but woohoo, they're part of the UN. Palestine and some other country that I've never heard of is our part of are not a part of the UN. Um, this international organization has um has been um around since nineteen forty five and has upheld international law. Uh, <clears throat> it's made the inter- uh, the international organization has a council of fifteen members. Out of the 15, five are permanent, and the permanence has been given to the United States, United Kingdom, France, China, and Russia. The 
this council is the most powerful body in the UN, and they have the ability to create sanctions and deploy peacekeeping missions throughout the world. The Permanent Five set up that rule um, in 1945 also to veto any decision that the council makes. So maybe you can insinuate the issue already with these five countries getting that veto power. These vetoes have been used throughout the United Nations history, and it really defeats the idea of a global protector of peace when countries use it for more or less their self-interest. The United States has vetoed intervention in the Palestinian question for years. Since Israel is one of the United States' biggest allies, this ruins the UN Charter. Well, this ruins the credibility of the UN Charter that's supposed to uphold this international law. And yes, I've been going on about the UN, but it really is supposed to be something more than it is. This um, international law is basically about preserving the human rights, environmental stuff, and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's supposed to be doing a lot more than it has. It's, but it's a fantastic concept, don't get me wrong. But the, just, it's, the term is loose, and I have trouble believing that it works. In 1986 case, the Republic of Nicaragua versus the United States of America. The United States lost to Nicaragua, where they found the U.S. were aiding a rebellion there and mining out its harbors. The U.S. then proceeded to not attend the meetings as well as not to pay reparations. The result was nothing. It was dropped in 92 because the U.S. refused to do it. That doesn't seem very efficient to me. That doesn't seem like justice was served, international justice. It feels like the U.S. got away with that. Um, obviously, this isn't a great term. It's the most powerful country refuses to cooperate with the system. Why should anyone else try and cooperate? Why should Russia try to cooperate? It's just not okay. <clears throat> there needs to be some kind of um, backbone to the UN and the charter and everything that's going on. Now, don't get me wrong. The UN has saved millions of lives throughout its existence. But for the amount of money it receives, it should be more involved with world affairs. Um, when I was looking at the vetoing power, Russia has vetoed many things for um, rebellions and revolutions and um, like Iran and Venezuela. And just situations where the UN should probably get involved. But it we don't. We can't get involved because they veto. They've used their veto powers, which restricts our ability to even go do anything. <clears throat> um, the annexation of Crimea is the, the key key example, on Putin's orders, the Russian Federation steals land, the peninsula, right from the Ukrainian government with a bloody invasion that 
no one get involved. No one gets involved because Russia is on the Security Council of the UN. And it's just, it couldn't work. The UN cannot send troops to fight because it was vetoed. And it's just not fair to the Ukraine, the Ukrainian government, who is a member of the United Nations, to not have protection because Russia has a veto power. Now, obviously, you could argue that the veto power protects um, from certain decisions that could be made that would be bad, but it's really... It's really just a self-interest ploy. Obviously, after World War II, they wanted some leeway. The United States and Russia wanted some leeway in doing things worldwide. They would, the U.S. with the Middle East, they would continuously go in there. And Russia with different satellite states. It's just, obviously, this veto was used for self-interest. And it's destroying the concept of the UN and how it could affect, how it could help everyone. All these worldwide situations like Myanmar, the crisis at Myanmar when they were kicking people out and killing people, there should be a lot more going on to prevent that. That's what the UN was for. But nothing is being done efficiently. And that's why we need to get rid of the veto power and set up a new UN with actual power and backbone and everyone needs to pay into it for the protection of world peace and preservation of human rights throughout the world. That, that's what needs to be done. Um, that is what... Um, that's it for today. That's my little rant, if you say so. But um, what do you guys think? Is the veto power just completely self-interest? Is, it, is there some benefit to it? Or is it just a ploy to promote governments? Well, superpower governments. It's, I want to hear what you think. Thank you for listening, um, and I'll see you in the next episode. That was today's episode. I hope you liked it. Um, my voice is very deep right now because I am not feeling well, but hopefully next time we will hear my real voice and we will get rid of the veto power, you know? Um... I hope you all have a great day and catch you on the flip side.